The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. Ho, ho, ho! I promised the guys we'd do a ho, ho, ho. I didn't want to let them down. By the way, I should have had Steven Yerger do it because he's got a deeper voice than me, and he kind of looks the part, you know? I'm sure you've been told that. You look like the uh, the old Santa Claus version of Santa Claus, the skinnier version, right? The... <laughs> The, the, the uh, Yuletide Carol guy or whatever. I don't know what his name was. Uh, but not the big jolly guy that's on the Coca-Cola merchandise these days. I was so disappointed when, you know, my mom and dad said, you know, you got to, Santa's going to come down the chimney. And I was about five or six years old. And I tried to stay awake and I fell asleep. And all of a sudden, it was like, oh, he fell asleep. He came and left. And I was so disappointed. That explains a lot. He's damaged goods. That's what we're dealing with here today on the Faith Debate Show. I am Troy Skinner. This is the Faith Debate on 930 WFMD on the FM at 99.9 HD2 and on the web, of course, at WFMD.com. You can live stream, take us wherever you go. And if you miss us live or if you just want to hear us again, you can find us on podcasts. You can find us through the website for the radio station. You can also find the podcasts uh, on, on my platform, householdoffaithinchrist.com. It links to all of my sermons, all of the shows. Everything ends up there eventually and usually pretty quickly. So you can follow along with everything that has to do with the show, with, uh, with the churches that are represented here, at least in some fashion, through householdoffaithinchrist.com. Householdoffaithinchrist.com. You'll see Imran's picture on there if you go there. And uh, if you want to contact Imran or Stephen or anybody else that's ever on this show, you can reach out to me. All my contact information is on the, the church's website. Uh, Imran has a website as well. It's conqueredbylove.org. Conquered by Love Ministries is the entity that he and his wife founded, I don't know, two, three decades ago, something like that. And Stephen Yerger is uh, representing the Shabbat Gathering. It's a church that's just over the line in Pennsylvania, uh, not too far away from Gettysburg. Uh, I don't think Santa Claus goes there. So any little kids listening, you live outside of Gettysburg, you could be. I'm just kidding. He doesn't go anywhere. So uh, that's, that's uh, an interesting thing we'll talk about, too. But let's talk about, from a Christian perspective, uh, what we should, what a, a biblical Christian perspective, what we should think about this time of the year. In two weeks from today, it will be Christmas Day, December 25th. Today is the 11th. So what should we think about this? I've been on an odyssey on this question over the years. I've, I've held multiple views, some of them rather, rather aggressively, actually, to my own shame. Uh, now I'm kind of squishy, probably to my own shame. Uh, you guys can help me think through this and figure out where I should land. How, how should a Christian think about Christ, uh, Christmas? Well, first of all, is this going to be the last Christmas you celebrate before the Lord comes back for real? I don't know. It will be for some. It may. Right. Well, we know for a fact it will be for some. <laughs> right? I mean, tomorrow's guaranteed to nobody. So, and by the way, I'm not going to name names. It's not my place to share his business. I, I, I actually wasn't even going to say anything, but now it popped in my head. I feel like I probably should. There's somebody that's been uh, behind the scenes, an important player on the faith debate, been active in helping support the the social media and the podcasts and things like that that have to do with the the faith debate show. Who's um, who's got some medical challenges, and it, 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 according to what the doctors are telling him, you know. This could be the last Christmas that he spends. Uh, so he, he's got some dire news. So um, if you're a Christian, please pray for the support staff behind the scenes. At uh, I would say his name, except I don't have permission from him to do so, and I, I don't think it's my news to share that specifically. But 
just when you pray to God, he knows, say, the, the guy who helps with the faith debate stuff online, if you could, you know, uh, give him comfort in Christ, help him to really understand uh, with an absolute fullness and robustness of faith who Jesus is and that he and his family get through this. So anyway, a little aside during this holiday season. But yeah, so you were asking kind of playfully, right, is this the last Christmas? But for some people it will be. Yeah. <laughs> so... I mean, there's there's a couple of ways, and that's that's the normal cultural way. People, you know, people live and die, and and that happens uh, through all the different uh, things in in this world. But what if we are hitting tribulation? What if it is near the end of the world? What if that is the end? Are you ready? So Christmas really is a time where you should look within yourself and say, where are where do you stand? Um, are you just doing this as a holiday to give gifts and receive gifts, or are you actually? thinking, what is it that Christ's gift for us is? Uh, we're celebrating Christ's birth, and was it actually on, on the 25th? And eh, there's a lot of argument whether it was or it wasn't, or it could be in October, or it could be whenever. But that aside, let's just pick a date, pick any date. If you're going to celebrate his birth, what does that mean? And I think that's something that's worth studying, worth looking at. And, uh, you know, the funny thing is, even in Islam, they have Christ being born of a Virgin Mary and uh, being there. So... That might be something you might have in common with your uh, Muslim brothers and sisters. It may be a, a bridge point to have a conversation about the saving grace of Christ. So think about that. I think it's all you need to point to what God did for us and why we can be with him forever and not be separated. Yeah, your Muslim neighbors, maybe, unless you have actually biological brothers <laughs> and sisters, right? Uh, right. So let's let's, like think of it from a puritanical point of view because the puritans rather famously you know really were not into recognizing celebrating christmas in any fashion are there merits to that point of view or were they out to lunch and you know they were way too dogmatic and legalistic about how they handled such things well i think uh their point of view was that the birth of christ was was nothing compared to the death of christ and resurrection of christ we are saved by the resurrection of christ not by the birth of christ but without the birth of Christ, you can't have the resurrection. And the birth of Christ was definitely prophesied and shown to happen. It's going to happen. And so that is all part of God's plan. So I think disregarding some part of it is disregarding some of the gospel. So I think it's important that we do recognize it and do celebrate it. But to what extent? To the commercially, commercial extent that we have today? Probably not. Uh, I think if we focus on you know, what it means and, and how we can actually impact other people, I think that's very important. Yeah, I I think kind of where I am now, as squishy as I am, uh, I think where I am now is I do not make a huge deal about it. We recognize it. We have members in our extended family that make a bigger deal about it, so we, we participate in some of those things. But at our house, we don't make a huge deal about it. When our kids were younger, we did do the decorations and all that sort of stuff in the house because the, the kids liked it and that sort of thing. But now my kids are grown. We really don't decorate the house for Christmas anymore. It's just not a, a big thing. I'm not trying to diminish it, but I got so soured to what you talked about, the commercialization of it. And I, and I do, one of our traditions we do have as a family, there's just one area not far from our house where there's like a dozen houses in a row that really deck out, like with zillions of lights, bunch of houses in a row. It's kind of cool. It's a, it's a visual spectacle. So we, it's a thing. We, we pick an evening somewhere around Christmas and we go drive through that neighborhood and see, you know, the, that street and those houses and stuff. So we do that, I guess. But I don't want to. I don't want to ever diminish or lose the the fact of the importance of the incarnation. I mean, that's huge. 
so yeah, we're not saved by the incarnation, but to your point, we can't get to the death of Christ without the birth of Christ. But him condescending to take on human flesh, God, truly God becoming truly man. I mean, there's a gap there, a gulf of reality that I mean, you wouldn't even think it's possible to span, and yet he did. So we cannot, should not minimize that. So I do want to recognize it. But the Puritan view was, well, the Bible doesn't say it's it's a festival that should be recognized. There's no command to, to celebrate Christmas. Uh, I'm not sure there's a command to celebrate uh, Resurrection Sunday either, actually. Uh, you know, so uh, kind of where I am now is I, I think recognizing it for what it is is good. Buying into the commercialization sours me. Like I mentioned, those lights we drive past, it's almost all Santa Claus and snowmen and reindeer and sleighs and and uh, well, there's a star on occasion. There's stars, so there's that's good. And sometimes there's angels. That's good. Uh, and every once in a while, there's like a manger scene or something. Although uh, Second Commandment violation uh, concerns uh, enter for some people there. If, if whether you can ever have a, a, a baby Jesus in the manger, uh, I I don't get caught up in that because I'm uh, we're picturing Jesus in his humanity there, so it doesn't bother me. But that's an aside. Uh, so as long as it's about, like, we do have, the one thing we do, and I'll stop my soliloquy here in a minute, the one thing that we do, we don't decorate the inside of the house anymore, but we do have these little, I don't know what they're made out of, they're, they're like a really, really, really rugged, heavy plastic, life-size almost figures of uh, of a woman and a man and a baby. And so when you put them, you put a spotlight on them, it, you know, the idea there is it's Mary and Joseph and the infant baby Jesus. And so there's a bit of a manger scene, if you will. So we do that. So if somebody's going to decorate and it's going to be religiously themed, I'm okay. And I used to be okay with the idea of the of the, the Christmas tree for what it was supposed to be. You take all these pagan roots that are behind the, the Tannenbaum and all that, but they repurposed it for Christian reasons. I'm okay with that. But I feel like now the tail's wagging the dog. You know, we didn't take the tree and Christianize it. Now we've taken the Christian stuff and commercialized it. We've we've lost, you know, the the me, the the reason for the season. We've lost it. It's about presence. It's about neighborliness. It's about love. Well, you no, know, really, it's about Christ and the incarnation. That's what it's about. Yeah. So let me put it this way. Um, I, I I absolutely agree and understand what you're saying. I I do. Uh, but let's go back to the Bible and when David was bringing the um, um, back into the Israel, the uh, co- with the Ark of the Covenant? Ark of Covenant, he was dancing with joy, oh, and yeah. making a spectacle. He was so joyful and so much overcome with joy that that the covenant, the God's, is is coming back into Israel. The Ark is coming back. That it was just he was beside himself, and in fact, so much so that his wife was embarrassed and hated him for it, and God punished her with a barren life. Because of that, so being joyful for God, I think overcomes anything else. So if your reason for the season is joyfulness in God and, and God coming to here and, and saving us, and you're just celebrating, and enjoying, and, and the relationships and your family and everything, you should do it with with all vigor. I mean, full out, full all out, and don't worry about who's watching you. And if they have a problem with it, let God deal with it. But if you're doing it to celebrate who God is and what God has done, that's one thing. But is that what most people are doing these days when they've got that... that most uh, people aren't that, Christians. That goofy character from the movie... Um, you know, 
Frozen? What's but, that uh, silly thing? You see those blow-up versions on people's yeah. front lawns? It has nothing at all but to you know, do. In, in this country, more people celebrate Halloween than Christmas. So they're the same people. They're not Christians. They're, they're celebrating because there's, a, there's an excuse to spend money and to, and to do stuff. They have no understanding But of there's it. a point in which you might try to mean well, but if you're sacrilegious, even if you're sacrilegious with joy, uh, I think you can be in trouble. I mean, the, uh, right before this, uh, the, where David's dancing and the Ark of the Covenant is coming back, right before that they tried to bring the covenant, the Ark of the Covenant back, and uh, they did it improperly, and Uzzah reaches out to steady the ark so it won't fall off the ox cart, which it wasn't supposed to be on in the first place. And what happens to Uzzah? He's struck dead instantly. <laughs> so. And whose fault was that? <laughs> Uzzah's. David's. David's. It was David's fault yeah. because he allowed the man and to touch the ark. And he was filled with fear. And he was, he was there, he, he, and he should have known how to carry the ark. That's, that was very because clear. Because it was clear in Levitical uh, law how the, the Levitical Yeah, but he wasn't a Levite. The, the Levitical priesthood knew better. Correct, but he was responsible because he was the king. He, he, the king. Every. Oh king, yeah, look, I'm not going to let him off the hook. But, but Uzzah's not. Uh, let me say this: Uzzah's not dead merely because of David. He's also dead because of the Levitical priesthood. He's dead. He's dead because of himself. Right. Right. I mean, he bears he, responsibility. Have cons yeah. consequences. The laws were there for him to read too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they they knew they either knew better or should have. Yeah, the scrolls were read all the time. <laughs> well, that but anyway, yeah. so in the spirit of Christmas, if if. If you are a Christian, a professing Christian, and there's no Bible in your recognition of the season, you're doing something wrong, right? If it's about Santa coming down the chin chimney and spoiling Stephen's childhood, poor guy, you know, and by the way, I, uh, we handled that differently in our house. We, our kids were not told uh, such tales. And we got uh, a lot sets of, you up for failure, that's for sure. And we got a lot of grief for it from, um, from family. Like, we were killjoys, and you're yeah. ruining their child. It's magical, and it's like, oh, that nonsense. But I got to tell you, I was able to play the uh, the Christmas card with my daughter. Uh, I think I may have told this story once before to Imran. I'm not sure if it rings a bell. You know, I, you know, teenagers, they get to the point where they realize their parents don't know everything. And then they misunderstand and think that means that their parents don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> so true. And so it was one of those kind of... Uh, disagreements kind of thing and she thought I was trying to cover my tracks on something by you know not being forthright with her being a little bit deceptive and dishonest and as I was able to look her in the eye and I said young lady have I ever one time in my life lied to you one time how did we handle the tooth fairy how did we handle the Easter Bunny how did we handle Christmas we told you the truth about all of that when there was a lot of cultural, societal, family pressure to do otherwise, but I would not lie to you. You think I'm going to start lying to you now about this? Are you kidding me? And she did not have a retort. And so, less important, I won the argument. More important, I won my daughter. So, for any parent listening right now, I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is the truth is the way, the truth and the life, you need to be ambassadors for truth because then they go to college and the college professors are telling them that God's a fantasy, it's all myth, you know, the earth is zillions of years old and it just came together by chance, whatever that is, and like, well, my parents lied to me about these other things. Maybe they lied to me about the big old grandfather in the sky too. Like, and, you got to be careful. And I would interject, if you're Christians, don't send your kids to school or to college. It's not necessary. Well... <laughs> 
when, when somebody's you know older and they can navigate the minefield, maybe I I could somehow make an argument. But I'm telling you, younger, you cannot send them to school, and it changed public school, even private even schools. private schools these days. I've yeah. got I got I, I think if you All really really changed. if you really really vet it, maybe there's a rare private school out there that'd be okay. But I'm telling you, I had this conversation with my daughter recently, and because she now has a young one. And she's starting to think about what life's going to be like in a few years. And, I, and she said, but I haven't been out of school that long. I said, it changed. It was beginning to, Overnight. It was beginning to change while you were in school. We barely threaded that needle, and, and only by God's grace did we. But right after she finished school, it's like, bang. Kind of Obergefell is kind of the beginning of the end. And then 2019 or 2000, what? Whenever the MLK celebrate, 2018, I guess, yeah. everything went crazy. Everything just went absolutely crazy. So Obergefell cut the foundation of truth out of the, out of the, the biblical truth worldview out of the picture anymore because it redefined what marriage is. And it, that's a very foundational kind of understanding of reality. That changed everything, opened the gates wide, and then, boom, the horses ran right through it. As on, God said. On, on MLK's uh, anniversary of his death. And it has, not, it has not been the same, and that's almost three years ago now, or uh, five years ago, rather. So it happened about four or five years ago. Where, like you said, it happened overnight. Yep. It was so disorienting. And there were so <laughs> many Christians saying it's going to happen. We're going sliding down, slippery slope, slippery slope for years, and people just didn't believe. And then... All of a sudden, overnight, they wake up, and, like, the world has changed. It is a different place. This will give you a little bit of a perspective of maybe what happened to the German people. You know, they come out of World War I. They're economically devastated, war reparations to the nations because of bad decisions of their previous government. And it created such a vacuum. And then look who comes on the scene. You know, Hitler. And... We're seeing what Hitler did to Nazi Germany. How do you, it took him 10 years to take over the nation. And then, of course, we know history about World and War II. And he didn't have the Internet. They did not have the Internet. <laughs> but let me tell you. So they can move faster now. They, it, exactly. <laughs> but the point well taken that, you know, what happened then, history's repeating itself on happening overnight. That's the that's yeah. the. That's but the it's connection. also happening on a worldwide scale now. It's not just happening in one country. This uh, craziness is actually mm -hmm. contagious. It's a, it's a social contagion, as uh, Ben Shapiro said. This is a social contagion, and the more they push it, the more people believe in this nonsense and this evil, and, and it's a mental sickness that is contaminating the entire world. The spirit of the sage. And part of why this was allowed to happen, kind of pivoting back to what the theme of the show generally has, has been, is when we're celebrating Christmas but not celebrating Christ, we open the door for all this folly to just take over. I mean, Europe hasn't been a, a, a Christian culture for at least a generation. America is no longer a Christian culture. I'm not sure when to peg it not being one anymore, but whenever it happened, it isn't one now. <laughs> and it wasn't one yesterday. I've got to figure out how far back in time do I go when I say, yeah, that's when it was. I'm not entirely sure, but we're not a Christian culture anymore. And if we're not, meaning in the United States of America, where is it? We were the last bastion, really, for it on a large scale. What? So there's a there's a. Did you just say a place? By the way, I missed. No, I just said. Oh, I th what is China it? and Korea are, are still there? I think. And I think China, the persecuted church in China, is growing like crazy. Oh, the church, but the but the culture there. The culture is not. No, absolutely. I mean, we're 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 becoming China. Well, <laughs> you know, you got, you were you said earlier about, you know, reading in the Bible, and I found in John, 
10:22 it says at the time of the feast of dedication took place in Jerusalem it was winter and Jesus was walking in the temple of the portico of, Sol- of Solomon so the feast of dedication is a very interesting time which kind of coincides right with the time around Christmas it's called the the Hanukkah the festival of lights and yes it's it can be a very uh cultural Jewish thing uh, because it's their history, but it talks about a very specific time when uh, the temple was de- uh, desecrated and a radical group of people came in, the Maccabees, and cleansed the temple and kicked the Greeks out. And you know, so uh, it's interesting that this is not one of the feasts of the Lord, but it's something that Jesus did attend. And uh, I was looking for places where we could see some correlation. Yeah, I, so I'm not going to say it's a sin to recognize and celebrate Christmas. That is not... I'm not saying it. That's not what I'm saying. I will say, though, go take me back 30, 35 years ago, I probably would have said that. I mean, that's how much I've attenuated my position over the years. Uh, so I'm not hung up on it, but I'm not hung up on it in the other direction either. I, you know, I, I think it's good. I think the point, my concern is, and this is going to be like some practical advice. A lot of people, they will... Uh, spend time with their family uh, on Christmas morning, and they might open up the scriptures and they might read the you know the birth narrative from one of the Gospels or something like that. They'll read Luke or, or something, right? And 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 so that's a good thing, and I encourage you to do that, parents. Do that on the twenty sixth as well, and the twenty seventh. Do that every day with your children. Read the scriptures with your children every day, not just that one day. If you're doing it the one day a year, great, but do it the other days too. Recognize and celebrate the incarnation of God as fully human, truly human, the true God becoming truly human. Do that one day a year, but do it the other 364 days as well. I think that's where my my concerns, my pastoral instincts kick in. Like, even if we do a great job that one day a year, like, I mean, what what is that? That's a, a fraction of 1%. That's like a third of a percent, not even, a third of a percent of the year. <laughs> Just like you were saying about Thanksgiving in the last show. Yeah, every day we should be doing some of these things. A lot of times you get these family gatherings, you can tell because people don't typically pray before their meals. But on these Thanksgiving meals and Christmas meals and stuff, there's some pressure. Like the patriarch of the family is going to say the prayer, and it's this awkward thing oftentimes. It wouldn't be an awkward thing if the patriarch of the family is praying with his family every single meal. So that's my charge to you is you make Christmas less awkward. Start praying with your family before every meal. Start celebrating who Jesus is every day. And, Amen to that. And if you want to give gifts and be generous, be, give gifts and be generous all the time. Yeah, that's something my, that's a, you can steal this from us at my family. My wife and I, we, uh, we, we have this uh, uh, very random holiday that we call the Happy Day. And we celebrate Happy Day whenever she's out shopping or I'm out and about and I see something and think of her. She's out and thinks of me and she comes home with a gift and we present the person with their Happy Day gift. Happy Day! Saw this thought of you. It's a random Wednesday in the middle of, you know, August, but here you go. Happy day. And we celebrate multiple happy days a year. So maybe you could take that tradition. It's kind of the Christmas idea randomized. Any other thoughts for people to help them? We got about maybe a minute and a half left. If you got a, a nugget you'd like to share to make Christmas really special, particularly for those where it might be their last one. I think it's a, a good time to have something in common to share. It's a place to to come together and say, hey, you're celebrating Christmas. How are you celebrating it? Why are you celebrating it? It's an opportunity to talk to somebody because other times you may not have that opportunity to talk to them. 
So take it as it, as it is. Most people are not saved. Most people are not going to heaven. Most people are, are in deep trouble. So have a care for them. Have a concern for them. And go and talk to them and see, what is it about this season? Why are you celebrating it? You don't believe in Jesus. Why are you celebrating it? But you know what he can do? He can solve your problems forever, for, the, for eternity. And that's a very important time that you can make that conversation. I think it's a good, good thing to have. Well, very good. One last thing I, 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 uh, I will mention. I hadn't thought of it, and it just popped in my head. But um, the Charlie Brown Christmas special isn't going to be on broadcast television this year. But if you have access to the Internet, you can get the, uh, the Apple Plus uh, streaming service, which is typically a paid-for service. But they are making the Charlie Brown Christmas special available for stream for free. I think it's the uh, three days before Christmas and the day of Christmas. So I think for, four, for those four days, you and your family, if you want to gather around and stream it, you can still watch it as a family for free. And the gospel is pretty much represented and shared in that. It's, it's my favorite Christmas special. So there's some, some, uh, a little tidbit of advice for you. Uh, Stephen Yerger, Imran Razvi, I'm Troy Skinner. This is the Faith Debate on 930 WFMD. Till next week, 167 and a half hours from now, God bless. 